0: Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of Reaching Extinction, the final episode of the first season. Um, I think we should make a whale noise instead of putting our normal whale noise in there. Do you want to make a whale noise? You do it first. Okay. I don't know (laughs) how the... I forget how they do it. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) That was so (laughs) good. that was so good that's like pretty oh. much on point i think um but i have ellie here because ellie's awesome and we love ellie and <laughs> yes and peaches is in the room as well oh, yes
1: and we're, we're definitely in for trouble
0: <laughs> for trouble yeah with you two, it's never not trouble trouble with the capital t trouble for terrorism <laughs> for terrorism. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. So yes, um, we are here to talk about whales. But anyways, how's your life? What's new? Update us. What's the good? That's good. World. Uh
1: yeah. Uh, get battening down the hatches for winter. Hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, we're starting to see that time of year where we shut down trips because the gale force winds. So that was that was yesterday for me. We oh. were supposed to go out, and then it was like. 25 knots everywhere and so we uh we didn't go out so that was fun
0: um that's a bummer
1: and then I was looking at the app today and I was wondering to myself where are the residents and then uh they were out by Stoke which is west of Victoria and uh they must have come in yesterday at some point maybe not quite as
0: far as the San Juans but but then they flipped and they went back west which was rude of them disrespect the blatant disrespect of them honestly who do they think they are like they need to be mindful of your schedule it's just it's selfish right and we i thought they were empathetic God.
1: <laughs> oh my god i'm sure though i'm sure they'll come back yeah it's that time of year where they're following the uh the chum salmon down to puget sound and hood canal so yeah that's uh it's pretty exciting for people down in like seattle yeah. and uh whidbey island
0: Yes. So that's exciting for them. I guess they deserve some whales too. whenever. It's fine. I suppose. They're not Ellie's whales, I guess.
1: <laughs> that would be, that would be ideal, but you know, yeah, then they wouldn't be wild and
0: we wouldn't love them as much. That's that. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit sad that you guys aren't going out as much. Do you guys run all the way through winter or yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: Usually, it's, like, weekend trips, but if people book enough, we'll we'll go out whenever. That's awesome. They book on the weekends, so.
0: Yeah. We're, like, in the same boat. Sorry, what was that? that? Sorry. I said,
1: (laughs) with the (laughs) pandemic, you never know.
0: Yeah, that's kind of my thought, because, like, I moved here last year, and, like, January through, like, January, February was, like, pretty much dead, and then March started to pick up, and then covid um, but, like, I was told that, like, December would be dead, which is why I didn't move down here until after that, and so I'm curious as to what it's gonna be like this year. But, yeah, the other naturalist that I work with was like, yep, looks like things are starting to get real quiet after next week, and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> what that's is-
1: what the, that's, that's what that's what the word is around here, so we're going down to one trip a day next week, so.
0: Oh my god, that's wild. I know. Anywho, well. Anywho. I, like, it's kind of crazy that we're here after 50 episodes. (laughs) I I know. Plus, like, the poor episodes are not even counted in that, and so that's, like, a whole other thing. And, like, when I originally started this, I was just curious about what was happening, and I wanted to learn more, and I thought other people might want to learn more, and... I didn't expect it to turn into like what it's turned into at this point and I'm excited to keep it going. I'm honestly very burnt out right now between the two jobs and this, um, which is why I'm taking a break and I'm not sure. I would like to take like a month long break and then start up again, but I don't know if with the holidays if people are gonna still wanna interview during that time. Um, I, I think COVID has made everything weird. So this will either start back up in like a month or at the beginning of the new year, depending on interviews and things like that. But I also have some other things in my life, I have to work on and, you know, uh, give attention to those things that have hard deadlines, not deadlines that I've made up. So yeah, but like, I don't know, this has been crazy. Like, and I'm so thankful that you've been like a part of this journey too. And like, I didn't expect this to turn into like what it's turned into. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I actually met one of our listeners a couple weeks ago.
0: Oh, Nice
1: like I've never met her before. I guess she's kind of like she's a a regular customer at Maya's Legacy. Nice. F- talking to her and like I like I I told her I
0: think I follow
1: you on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And she's like, "I do too." And you're like the you're the other gal from Reaching Extinction. I was like, "You listen to that?" Oh my god. That's yeah. awesome.
0: It's wild. So, yeah. Yeah, it definitely is cool. And I like, there's a lot of things that have come out of this that I didn't expect, like particularly friendships. Like I have like three people in mind that like I wouldn't be like friends with if it weren't for this, like Gloria Pancrazi and then the girls from the Ocean Lovers podcast. Like I just went down to San Diego to like snorkel with leopard sharks with them. And like that would have never happened if this didn't exist. And like that I think is like one of the coolest parts. But I've also learned so much and it's been like, It's been a lot of fun, but it's also... It's had its frustrations, too, because it's, like, very time-consuming. And it's, like, which I love doing what I do, but, like, it is a little bit overwhelming to constantly be thinking about an endangered species. Like, I think since starting this project, there has not been a day that I have not thought about the Southern residents. And honestly, there hasn't been a day that I haven't thought about them since I moved to Washington, but, like, in a different way, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's bananas it's, I mean, I'm always thinking about them now too, but yeah it's uh it's a heavy topic for sure, and it's an emotional topic, and uh I think that's why we got into it when we the way we did
0: I think so, and it's like that motivation, I don't know to get something done, but like when the solution seems so clear. I don't know I remember like in one of the earlier episodes I had said that like I had turned away from marine science because I didn't want to see what I loved die and like in a sense that is still true like and I but I also believe that we need to have hope Um, and I don't want to see what I love die but that's kind of why I'm in it now as opposed to like being scared of that thing it's like facing it head on and being like okay let's fight this with like science and education and like working with all these other people on like how we're gonna do this um but yeah it definitely is an emotional topic and it has seemed emotionally draining up until this summer where we had a little bit of a turnaround with the babies
1: yeah yeah super excited about that and we haven't seen the L's in a while but l72 racer was pretty pretty preggers too so oh my god every time i see that that group of whales, I like have my fingers crossed. I was like, is there gonna be a baby? A little baby. And then and there's some there's a K-pod whale who's pregnant too. We don't know who it is, but <sighs> so I got my fingers crossed That's
0: every time. I and it's just more motivation to keep fighting. I feel like the one thing that has like been surprising and frustrating is how blatantly obvious the solutions are to literally anybody who looks into this at all and the dams still aren't down and that's just one solution that you know obviously there's like 500 solutions that we need to implement but like an obvious big one yeah and like i just don't like We just got to get them down and I don't know how we're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's really frustrating too, because like, you know, that is the big potato in all this is like salmon rehabilitation, because that's the core issue. I mean, you can get rid of all the toxicants and all the vessel noise you want, but if there's no food, there's no food and they're still starving. I mean, at the end of the day, those are just exacerbating factors and people get so caught up in those small potatoes and we're going through it right now with, uh, with, um, the commercial licensing program. Uh, for whale watching it it, as opposed to a whale watching moratorium when the seven resident orca task force was ongoing the alternative was presented that hey you know we can just license the commercial whale watchers which was a really good alternative and i think it's important that you know we have a, a a program out here so not any any old joe can come out here with his boat and not knowing what what he's doing yeah But unfortunately, there have been some voices in that conversation that have still been pushing that moratorium. And right now they're pushing for really, really ridiculously strict uh, rules about viewing Southern residents. You know, you can only view them like three months out of the year. You can only view them three hours a day, things like that. And, you know, it looks good on paper, but unfortunately that doesn't take into account private voters. And private voters are unfortunately 90% of the harassment incidents we see out here. Yeah, it, you know it's it's so much more complicated than that, and you know, a lot of us are out here, you know, scratching our heads. Well, if you know, you guys can band together and you know, come together against whale watching. Why can't we all band together and get the dams down? You know yeah. that big, as opposed to something tiny like whale watching, which, according to Orca Behavior Institute, is roughly one percent of all the. I think underwater noise pollution and that that study was like 2017 or 18 or something like that
0: yeah and I think that that's you know it's good that you bring up when that study was too because I think you guys have put in like the San Juans in general has put in so many amazing like self-regulations like that's why it's been successful is because it's been a community initiative but it's probably down to one percent because of that you know yeah I totally agree and I I think that there's like the people in the San Juans they have a lot of heart and they care and you're right there's no like No, just, like, Joe Schmo should be able to come in there. But, like, you know, without the whale watch boats there, the boaters aren't going to know. Because they don't know what to look for. And it's not their fault. Like, I mean, unless you see, like, a giant six-foot male dorsal sticking out of the water, you're not going to know. Absolutely. And, like, it's, again, not their fault. Like, no whales go underwater. And they come back up and, like... Yeah, it definitely seems like some of the some of the suggestions were really silly and I read Monica Whelan Shields post about it on like on Orca Behavior Institute. I think that's where she posted it. Yeah. And like I was in agreement with like all except for one thing that she said. She said that like I, like I think that there should be a class and she said something about not thinking that there should be a class. But again, that's a small potato and like I mean, I I just think that more people would benefit from education in general and like I think that, you know, having you've worked for two companies now up in the San Juans that I've worked for two companies in different places. But like there there are some companies that could benefit from some training for sure. Um, Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And it's and it goes back to what she said, too. And we keep coming back to this point of like you take the best behaved boats off the water Nobody's gonna know what to look for in terms of behavior. Nobody's gonna know what to look for, like you said, in terms of, you know, what to watch out for while you're out on the water. And I mean, you know, taxpayer money could go to more boats for F- or WDFW to go out and just find the whales and sit with the whales all day. But that's a lot of taxpayer money for, for nothing. Where we already have these boats out here who are getting paid to be out here by you know the free market, and instead of you know getting rid of them why not better enable them and you know empower them like they're doing now I mean I've yeah. mentioned before F W and NOAA has partnered with the Pacific Whale Watch Association to have these have us act as quote-unquote sentinels of the sea so
0: and I think that's the way to do it too and like we we need to like have a relationship with nature where it's respected and you know you guys being out there and being stewards for the environment and being like hey this is how we watch whales and i i remember when i was watching whales in the san juans for the first time i went out with san juan safaris i believe my naturalist name was sarah and she was phenomenal but like one of the first things that she said when we got up to the whales was like how special this was because at the time that i went it was like in march and they were not seeing whales we were the only boat that saw whales that day but she went into like we stay really far away from the whales because of x y and z and she went into it and that was like my introduction to killer whales and like i was just like really taken back by that because i was like this is amazing that people care and it made me care more but also as someone who like has participated in a study where we were looking at the effect of ecotourism on cetaceans i've seen some really messed up stuff and it's not like It's not, like, people have bad intentions, they just don't know. But having those, I think having those boats out there, definitely, like, you set, like, a good example. And then, like, it's twofold because you get to educate and inspire others. And, like, does that happen every trip? Not everyone is inspired by whales, even though they should be, because what's wrong with you if you're not? But, you know, like, it's, like, it seems to be, like, there's more harm than good. And I feel like it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, they're they're kind of deflecting and like trying to it feels like they're trying to make a bigger deal out of this issue to take away from other more pressing issues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I and I know that, you know, the Snake River dams it's it's like I said, it's a big potato. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of unity. It's going to take a lot of pressure on certain, certain groups. It's going to take a lot of, you know, heads coming together to make sure it's worth it for the Eastern Washington community. Because, you know, if we just put the dams down and they don't have a way to, you know, effectively and, you know, economically move their grain and do all the other things that they're used to doing. I mean, it's not, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But, Oh, and and not to say that I don't think there should be regulations more more so around the Southern residents. I think that, you know, limiting the amount of boats around the Southern residents is a good idea. I think what Monica had specified was three boats. Um, and I, I do agree with you. I think that, you know, especially, you know, even the boat captains should understand, like, A little bit about the whales and you you know understand what they're getting into when they go around them so they have that respect and I don't and I don't I mean I haven't been through the, the licensing program for getting your captain's license obviously but so I don't know exactly what they go through but you know
0: yeah I I think yeah they definitely I think it would be helpful for them to have like a basis of like a scientific basis of behavior because like there definitely something to be said for being out on the water for 20 years and learning the behavior that way like that's totally valid but like having a scientific training on it especially for those that are new coming into it like you know things in the past like i know we like to stick to our old guns and stuff like that which like the san juans has been very good about changing um but like i think that could be an improvement you know of just like okay hey like because you know, for example, there was a trip earlier this year out of Moss Landing, which is, like, where I work, and there was a whale breaching, like, a hundred times in a row, and the passengers were like, this is amazing, we love this. Like, our naturalist that was on board, because I wasn't on board that day, comes back and looks at his photos, and the whale's been entangled. And so, it's like, you know, being able to distinguish between those different behaviors that, like, maybe this seems awesome, but, like, it's actually not awesome, you know, the whale yeah. is in distress, um it could be helpful but i would say overall like everybody does well and like if we just continue to have those like community initiatives like you just don't need outsiders coming in and telling you what to do basically
1: no and i mean like if it was like 20 years ago if we were still in the 90s when people were uh, leapfrogging over each other and getting right on top of the whales it would be a completely different story right and unfortunately, that's where a lot of the data is from. When you know, when they're citing, well, this happens here, and you know, this is why whale watching needs to get regulated. But there's no, there's no science that says anymore, you know, that that, that paints an accurate picture of what's going on up here. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, and and I, I naively suggested, well, you know, on our Pacific Whale app, we we log every time we have a sentinel action where we flag down a boater and say, hey, you're going too fast or, hey, you're going, to, you're coming too close to the whales. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, and it was pointed out to me that that's biased information mm-hmm. because we're the one logging it and it's to our benefit to have that information. So I think what needs to happen ultimately is, you know, we need to have an independent party come in and, you know, dump, and do a study say okay well this this amount of times there there was a boat that was doing something wrong and you know this was this is how many times a whale watch boat pointed out to them that they were doing the wrong thing and this was how many times the the boater reacted the way they were supposed to
0: yeah which i think just goes to to highlight the importance of social science and how that is so much needed in the field of regular science because while we you know have this information on how whales naturally behave Or, you know, how their behavior changes with the presence of boats. It's that, it's, Eric White said it best, it's not the whales we need to manage, it's the people. And understanding the psychology of the people and what they need is going to be the most helpful.
1: So. Yeah. But, you know, just based on personal anecdotal information, like, I mean, it's glaringly obvious to me that we need to have those boats out here, and I'm not the only person think so and you know members of the pacific wheel watch association are not the only people who think so so yeah.
0: yeah i think i think
1: having a conversation where all parties are listening and we're not all just gung-ho about getting stuff done getting the things we want done done
0: yeah you
1: know and having an honest listening conversation about hey these are our needs this is our concern like what what can we do to meet in the middle yeah and unfortunately
0: sorry what was that last part you cut out and
1: unfortunately that hasn't happened
0: yeah yeah that's uh, that's i think that's the thing too is like like people are just like looking to solve the problem so that they can say that they solve the problem as opposed to actually solving it like it's Um, Very performative, in a sense. And it's a total waste of tax dollar money. And, like, it's a total waste of effort and resources. Like, why do something if you're not going to do it right? I agree. And, like, try to do the right thing just based on science, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, Fortunately, if any of our listeners are interested, um, it's just a draft proposal at this point. So you're able to, I don't know when the comment, comment periods are. They're supposed to be, I think, 12, mm-hmm. um, but you can go to WDFW and they will have an area where you can comment and, you know, make suggestions or say, I have this issue or things like that. So if anybody listening is interested, that's
0: absolutely an option to you. Awesome. Yes, and continue to annoy Senator Inslee and tell him to. I'm sorry, Governor Inslee. <laughs> um, Inslee. I okay. So here's a secret. I like said Senator Inslee. Like when I was like writing the Orca demise song, and then yeah. got it in my head, and then had to redo it. So if you listen and you notice a change in the in the voice, that's why. Because I had to re-record. Because I sang Senator Inslee, not like I look at this stuff daily, or anything like that. <laughs> um my friend had a really nice proposal she she's the one that you met Haley and she's been on here too she's a law student at Lewis and Clark um and so she thinks that what we should do is find out legally what is a public disturbance and like um then make take those speaker rocks, find a way for me to control it, place them outside of Jay Inslee's residence, and play them. And then once he removes one, we play another, and we've hid them <laughs> throughout the property, and just play them. But just have it to where it's enough to where it's legally not a nuisance. <laughs> um. So that's that's our newest conservation plan. <laughs> hide a speaker in his office. It's just something like the... <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the governor's mansion just like somewhere like a little tea party speaker and just
0: orchid demise just on repeat oh
1: man oh, oh man
0: so that's my yeah. latest effort because asking nicely hasn't worked evidently <laughs> so annoy people with rock speakers that's um that's how we solve problems in 2020 you know what mm-hmm. weirder things have happened weirder things have happened Oh uh, yes. Yes, they have. Anywho. So, have you been seeing the Southern residents recently?
1: Let's see. What's the last time? I was looking at my pictures yesterday. I can't believe I don't remember the last time I saw them. The last time I can remember seeing them, I think, was the last day of September. It might have been, it might have been last week. mm
0: mm-hmm. Were they doing anything?
1: I think it was the last day of September because when they did come up to the San Juans last week, I was on Orcas Island.
0: Oh, okay. Did you get to see them then, or no? No,
1: I was the quote-unquote sacrifice so everybody else could see them.
0: That's fair. And I would also choose you as, like, the sacrifice.
1: (laughs) Which has happened both times I've been to Orcas Island in the last month.
0: Good job. So
1: the the time before that, K-Pod was right in like tight to shore at land bank in the dark with bioluminescence everywhere what? and like i got home and everybody was like this was awesome It was like that only happened because i was gone so i hope you appreciate it
0: bioluminescent whales that's the dream that's the pissed. dream oh, it mad. could happen it could happen oh i'm sure it'll happen again Oh, my God. Sarah
1: said five years she's been here. It's all, That's the only time it's happened,
0: but it could happen again. It could happen again. Well, it's funny. I was just talking to the girls from the Ocean Lovers podcast and telling them about how, like, every time I'm like, guys, I just topped my whale watching experience. I've peaked. Something cooler happens every time. I know. So far, the peak has been seeing the lunch feeding hump whales, um, the blue shark feeding on a sunfish. And then the orcas feeding on seals and humpbacks trying to save the seals from orcas all in one day. What? And there were literally, Ellie, I'm not even kidding. There were five people on my boat. So seven people on my boat, two people on um, one of the other boats. And then the Netflix crew, which was like four people. So literally like, like 12 or 13 people saw this. And I was like, wait, oh yeah. Netflix is like in the Monterey Bay, um, filming something about the Monterey Bay. Ooh. Yes. Fancy. Yeah. So fancy. Um, so I hope they got some good footage and I can't wait for it to come out. And then they like in that scene, I can be like, I was there. I'm literally there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. It was awesome. And oh my God, there was like one point, literally I have the most blurry photo of it ever. Um, but this, we just heard so like water moving and we turn and this whale this killer whale is like riding a wave like right next to us and it was like me and two other guys on my boat that saw it and we're like did you see that that was so cool Uh.
1: oh man I did let's see last week I saw this group of killer whales for the first time I've never seen them before and it was it was kind of scary actually because and I feel bad so we we tell our passengers when we leave the docker, like, your eyes are important. If you see something, you know, we'll believe you and we'll look for whatever you're seeing. And this lady was standing up with me and Alan and we're all three of us looking off the bow of the boat. Mm-hmm. And she says, I think I saw a blow. And Alan and I look at each other. We've both been looking off the bow of the boat. We haven't seen anything. So I was like, sometimes it plays tricks with you. The water does. And not two minutes later, we have killer whales right next to us. Well, not right next to us, but, like, like right off our, our port side. Nice. And, like, Alan, like killed the engines. He was like, oh, my God. And this killer whale, T-38A, I've never seen her. She's with a T-35A's. She's got this gorgeous birthmark right at the bottom of her, her dorsal fin. It's just, like, this white splotch. And, like, I guess it's genetic because her mom has it, too. Oh. She's gorgeous. She's got these great big eye patches and they're super cute oh my god and they and it was a windy day it was so so windy and they just went out and started surfing and they killed everything they killed a seal they killed a porpoise yes. they killed a stellar sea lion
0: amazing really
1: really cool family to watch
0: that's amazing yeah yeah oh my gosh it, have you seen my girls recently the t36a they didn't stick around actually <sighs> we just
1: discovered one of them's a boy
0: <laughs> I'm so mad are you kidding me No. Nope. are you kidding me are nope. you kidding me are nope. you kidding me these whales. I'm so mad I have these whales tattooed on my body because they're all supposed to be girls and that's part of why the tattoo is cool and I have a boy whale tattoo on me one time. <laughs> I'm so mad right now are you kidding which one <laughs> Wha- well, I don't why? Why? Who discovered this? No, they. No. I, think, I think <laughs> accepted, my roommate. Is it. Has let this been excuse- scientifically. Oh, uh, is this let it. Me, official? Let me pull up the catalog
1: here. And I'll look. 36 A's. God
0: damn it. Oh. I think it's A2, yeah. 36 A2. I'm so mad. Why did they. <laughs> uh, why did they misgender the whale?
1: God. <laughs> Look, they didn't log it in the catalog. It's not in there. <laughs> but they just figured out it's a boy. That's crap. <laughs> and they don't know what the youngest one is, so you could have that's two boys. Garbage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I have literally have these males tattooed off me, and like that's part of the thing. Like when people are like, "Oh, why'd you get them?" Like they're all girls. <laughs> ah, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh man, that's
1: funny. Oh uh, Fine. I'll, I'll have to double check because they have it on the Instagram Bigs Killer Whales and I think they did the thirty six A's on there. They've got a little little story about them on there.
0: Jesus. <laughs> Peaches is like up. She's like, Mom, why are you yelling? I'm trying to take a sleep. Thank you. What? What? Ellen, you are the terrorism now. <laughs> you are the terrorism now. God damn it. Oh damn. God God. No. I'm so upset. <laughs> I you wanna know you wanna hear something else upsetting? What's that? Sea otters are actually vile creatures. Oh, for sure. I didn't know. I listened to the Ocean Lovers podcast, their deep dive on um the sea otters here which also that particular episode could double as a true crime podcast because of how vile these creatures are yes so like during the mating process they like bite the nose of the females and the females like literally never want it it's always like a fight it's always not cute and erica said that she saw one with its nose completely bitten off and then she shared the story of the they sometimes will kill harbor seals and try to mate with them and they saw uh, that you're shaking i didn't know this why i'm so like i need i do not know about ollie about what ollie no
1: ollie is the there's the sea otter who lives at race rock natural or wildlife preserve out out by victoria
0: okay and
1: he's like by himself he lives over there in that little preserve by himself without no other sea otters around and apparently being a, by yourself when you're a sea otter it makes you crazy. So he kills river otters and baby harbor seals. And then
0: when rigor mortis sets in, he tosses away with them. Ew. Yeah, no, that's what she said is, like, she it killed it and then mated with it for, like, three days after it killed it. And I was like, that's some Ted Bundy crap right there. Like, are you kidding me? Like, Neither I'm so we- disgusted. I feel so betrayed because, like, on my tours, I've been, like, oh my god, these sea otters, are so cute. They're like a symbol for the Monterey Bay. And then I go into, like, how they're a keystone species and why, like, they're important. And then I'm like, you disgust me. Like, what are you doing? Who gave them the right? Like, that's so gross. Like, that is, I would like to look at a sea otter brain. You know, they're weasels, man. Like, at the end of the
1: day, they're weasels. They're and all... Weasels are weird critters. Are they all like
0: that? Are they all sh- I don't know
1: imagine all of them are like that but the males
0: certainly there's a good well that that seems to be true for every species (laughs) oh my god literally which is a joke this is a joke because i know i have male listeners and it's like it's kind of like that comment where like you know how like people get mad when you're like men suck and like then people feel like not all men it's like i feel it's it's like when people tell me that white people suck i'm not offended because i'm aware no
1: you know what they're talking about you know it doesn't apply to you and even if it does apply to you you're growing you're learning and you're doing your best to not be that thing yeah so if if you know that it
0: doesn't apply to you yeah don't worry about it and if it does apply to you please please fix yourself do not act like a sea otter we don't tolerate that anymore yeah
1: We don't need our noses bitten off
0: things. Literally. God. Those poor harbor seals. Harbor seals aren't even doing anything. They're just trying to live. They're just floating. They're just trying to eat snacks.
1: They're doing their best. (laughs) They're doing their
0: best. Uh, My roommate, Sarah, uh,
1: she showed me this 17-minute long video of the T-99s playing with a harbor seal. And the video is 17 minutes. But apparently they were out on the water for 45 minutes while the whales kept cornering the harbor seal under the pontoon of the boat and playing with it. Like they'd grab it by its back fin and would yank it underwater. And the seal's like looking for a spot to jump on the boat. He's like, let me up, please, let me up, please. And like, you can hear the passengers like, should we help him? Is he he gonna jump on the boat? And like, you can hear Sarah like, no he's not gonna jump on the boat and like you know she's trying to say it in a nice way but she's like really in the back of her head is like cuz I don't know what I'm gonna do if it jumps on the boat and then this one lady's like should we help it up and she's like no get bitten you will get bitten if you try and pick that seal up and for those of you who don't understand how gnarly harbor seal bites get you can go to the hospital and not because you're bleeding it's because you're gonna get infected and also, like,
0: there's not a hospital on San Juan Island or any of the there's islands. There's a little one. Oh, so you do one. have a hospital. Oh, that's right. You do. Peace health. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. God, guys. Oh, my God. And you don't want a killer whale to bite you either. Did you see that article? I didn't read it, but I saw the headline about killer whales, like, ramming themselves into boats in Spain or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That, they've, they've reached. Oh. Oh, no. investigating, Discovered it was the juveniles of one family that were doing that.
0: And uh, they were just ramming the boat. Like,
1: well, it seems like a stress response because these boats are all going really fast, making it hard to find their food, which they feed on bluefin tuna down there in the Strait of Gibraltar, which is really, really rare. Um, they haven't had a successful calf in years because they don't have food. Like, take the seven residents and like times it by five, oh, basically. No. And uh, super stressed out, and it's a really busy area of of the water. Um, so they actually had to ban yachts from going through that, that water for... I don't remember how long the ban is, but they just didn't want any more incidents. And they really wanted to figure out what was stressing these whales out, because that is a stress response.
0: Jeepers. For,
1: so... That's not, like, them playing. Although, if it's juveniles, maybe it is kind of... That was kind of my
0: thought when was said juveniles. I was like, they're playing. They're playing and they're, they're having a stressor. could be something else. Could be playing,
1: but I I mean, that to me, because, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have... We don't see aggression towards humans from killer whales. Um, I don't think there's any record. In the modern-day record or in any of, like... You know the mythologies or the oral histories of the world
0: in the wild because it's different oh
1: in the wild, yes,, yeah. in the wild in mean, sea world and you know seaquariums and things like that, that's different, but um, yeah, we just don't see it yeah and and oh, from what I read when the motors were killed, when like they turned off the motors, that's when they would leave, oh. that's when they would go away, so that to me sounds like a stress response specifically to sound, of course, as I said. I'm not there. You know, I'm not a researcher. I'm not doing the investigation. So.
0: I mean, that kind of sounds to me like, Oh God, what book was it in? I want to say it was the breath of a whale, but it could have been another book. And so I apologize if it's another book, but they were talking about this humpback whale. This researcher was watching this mom calf pair in Hawaii and the Navy was using sonar and like the calf kept breaching and breaching and breaching. And like, that was a stress response. And eventually the mom ended up abandoning the calf which i'm not entirely sure why but like it was just like i don't know the calf was just so sensitive to the sonar it couldn't handle it and was like freaking out and like so it could that i mean that could make sense too if that's what it was but yeah like you said none of us were there none of us are researchers all theories all evidence-based science facts (laughs) yeah all hypotheses for sure yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. It sounds like that situation is—I at least they're grasping more of an understanding. I don't know if the solutions, like a long-term solutions, come about. But and you know, and I—I keep—I've been seeing this a lot. Not a lot, I guess, but quite a few times in the last couple months. Where like humans will have interactions with animals and you know they use words like oh these killer whales were attacking boats or oh this cougar was stalking this, this man in utah things like that and you know making these animals out to be more malicious because it's the media and they like to have their sensationalist spin on things but it's just so detrimental i think
0: it i mean totally these is.
1: these animals are living in this world they're just trying to do their best they're trying to they're trying to survive and they're not they don't interact with us unless they need to.
0: Yeah. And like, I, I think that's kind of, again, where like ego comes into it is like that, like these animals are worthy of as much space as we are. And like, they are much as part of this planet as we are. And like, we should be able to live cooperatively. And I think it's our ego that ultimately tells us that we need to dominate, but also like, you know, you're right that those animals are just in their environment, just trying to do their thing. And like, yeah, maybe you stress them out. Like if a bear walked into your house, would you maybe have a stress response? Like, yeah, right. You know, and like obviously animals, they have different experiences, and humans have different experiences amongst individuals. But and so like we don't know for sure. But like I mean, there are there's definitely commonalities between all of us, especially mammals. And people just need to chill. But also like that's another ego thing too of like putting like. Facing it in the media in a certain light so that you can get clout or so that you can get attention, and like yeah. I feel like being like on this podcast or doing this podcast, like this is media in a sense. But like I have learned so much more about media and like interacted with more people that are into like media quote unquote, and I see how flawed it is. And I do hate to be like a cynic or whatever, but like so much of media is just, it's all about attention or clout or likes or followers or how many people are going to read this article. And it's like, it's like, it feels like with like, there's very few places where it's about actually producing quality content because that you want to like doing it from a place to inform people or doing it from a place because that you love whales, not because that you want like whatever you're going to get from being in the media. Um, And it like, that's, Like it's totally not fair because it is detrimental and so many people don't have access to wildlife in the same way that you and I do Um, because that was a conscious choice that we made that we had to work very hard to if you want to have life around wildlife, you have to, to dedicate and sacrifice so much. Um, And most people don't have that. So when they do have that interaction with wildlife and that is whatever piece of media that they're being fed, it carries a heavy weight with the public. So like people, I don't know, there needs to be like some sort of entity that like checks facts, like that that's their job, you know, like people shouldn't legally be allowed to post whatever they want. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I mean, get into like a lot of first amendment shit there. Um, But I, I definitely think, I mean, especially nowadays with this election and the last election we had there is a lot of spin and there is a lot of you know false falsehoods that are said and you know sure we'll allow it but we need somebody out there prominent who can say hey i got a lot of clout around here and i'm calling bullshit like that's not true literally and i i can point to my source right here and you need to walk that back or you're gonna lose whatever credentials or whatever
0: yeah i think so um, I just saw Jordan Lerma. He is like an Instagram influencer type person and he like posted something about which influencers should I call out and tell to be more political and then he made a big long post about how like influencers need to use their platform like for good and like I've had conversations with him personally where he's talked about like specific like events or people or things like that where they haven't done that and like that's one of the qualities I really admire about him is that he'll call people out on that. And like, we need more of that. And like, that's a prime example. And that's such a hard thing to do. Like that is such a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, it is. And I mean, I'm, and I'm sure it's especially hard when it's people that you ultimately otherwise would agree with too. But yeah, like people need to be checked. And we, we've kind of in this day and age have gotten sensitive of calling each other out and saying, Hey, I love you, but this is wrong. Yeah. You know, we don't hold each other accountable anymore.
0: Because everything
1: is like why people gotten away with a lot of the stuff that they've done.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's just like people are I don't I don't know why I guess we do it. And I think it's maybe like a fear of calling people out. It's like a cancel culture. Like we don't need to cancel people, just like learn, grow, move on. But like my cousin and I were just having this conversation of like we like in order for us as like a collective as a society to like move forward and work together we need to learn to be wrong and we need to learn to listen yes. and it's okay to be wrong and like we need to learn to hold, like that's a part of the human experience and i feel like we need to normalize that like we're gonna mess up and it's like being okay with those mess ups like you know, not taking it as, like, I'm not, like, saying, hey, you're, like, I'm not saying, hey, Jay Inslee, you're, like, garbage, because that you, like, (laughs) (laughs) he's fancy, fancy trash, um, because that, like, you're not taking the damn time, I'm not gonna say that, but, like, giving people the chance to grow, and, like, yeah, we just need more people to be doing the right thing, and also, like, people in media need to be, a lot more mindful too and also one of the things that i've noticed with media outlets as well because i've met a decent amount of people in media down here like and on this podcast as well um, but there's a certain amount of like privilege that comes from being in media and like you know, it's a lot of like rich white people i'm just gonna throw it out there mostly it's just people that come from money because they can afford to get the equipment and everything but i think that when they're doing that they need to be mindful of other people's experiences You know, of poor people, people of color, like anybody that's been, that's not like them, that doesn't walk in the same light that they do. I think that that's another facet of media, which I think would help too, you know, and I try to paint that picture on here and I don't know if I do the best job of it or not, but like, it's important to make sure that we're like shedding light on an accurate reality, not just our own and not just doing it for clout or for whatever, Because it really does affect people, you know? I
1: agree. I agree. And, you know, I I think people are afraid to call each other out because, you know, they want to be remembered well. They want to have that, you know, happy-go-lucky relationship. But unfortunately, that's not how life is. And I think people need to not only come to terms with being, being wrong or being, you know, we're doing things the wrong way, but also saying, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. And let's move forward.
0: Yeah.
1: And honestly, hey, like forgiveness is another thing that we struggle with for sure. And that's where that cancel culture absolutely comes into play. You know, we want to just say, OK, you're done. You did this thing. Unforgivable. We, we're we not going to interact with you anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: And I don't think that that's see- productive. No, it's not productive at all. And I mean, and we totally see that in the whale community. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Monica talks about it in her book. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, we got to these whales are only going to get saved if we can set all those things aside, admit to having pride or admit to being wrong or admit to mistakes
0: and things like that. And, you know, again, the whales are worth it. They literally are. And Brittany Jandik brought that up too because that was pretty much like her thesis was like all these anthropogenic things are impacting the whales. It's like human problems that are getting in the way of the whales and we have to band together. But a thought that I had when you were talking about how like people want to be remembered as like that happy-go-lucky person or, you know, whatever. That's like, um, that's a sense of entitlement. If you feel that like your life is going to be like... If you're that you're not gonna get into arguments, that you're not gonna have downfalls, that you're not gonna have whatever. If you're striving for like a seemingly perfect life, that in a sense is entitlement because that's a part of the human experience is having those mess ups, having those difficult conversations. And like, I've definitely done that where I've like avoided conversations, difficult conversations because that like, I didn't want was, what was gonna come of that. Like, or I was scared of the outcome, but you know, I definitely have gotten a lot better at that. And so like, I can say personally that like, You can, like, get past it, you know, but it's... You have to, like, do it. And it is a weird form of entitlement to think that you don't. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Anywho. We have to save the whales, dude. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready for these whales to be saved. Dude, I will go take the dams down. If, like, Inslee called me and was like, hey... I'll give you the tools if you physically go, like, spend the next 10, ten years removing them yourself. I'll be like, well, I need some I help.
1: we <laughs> will remove the National Guard. I will turn the cameras off. Just go in there
0: with some C4, and I won't say anything to anybody. Exactly. Literally. Gotta get the dams breached. Gotta get them fisheries in check, too. You know? There's, like, I was, like, reading up a little bit about salmon runs in California, and there used to be, like, a lot of salmon here, and there's really not anymore. And it's, like... Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a big problem all up and down the west coast i was reading the other day uh the hood canal up here in the in the salish sea they're actually like seeing a rebound on their chum numbers
0: that's awesome
1: better not good but they've done a lot of rehabilitation efforts down there a lot of reforesting a lot of just river cleanup things like that yes and uh just goes to show when you and there's a couple couple different entities that work down there one of them is hood canal salmon enhancement group and that actually i applied for a job there and i almost got it i was like the top three people and uh but i didn't and that's how i ended up being up here and i'm glad and I, i'm
0: so I, glad you ended up in washington but like right but where you but are like well they're gonna they're in washington too yeah but like
1: they're uh what was i gonna say? But like they're working together with other entities down there. Like just like, hey, we like the salmon, you like the salmon, let's do something
0: about it. And that's it's beautiful. like it's so easy. See, that's the thing, is like there is science that backs that. Like Lindsay Hooper, she was on here before. She's a good friend of mine. Love her to death. She um did her thesis on like NOAA compliance um regulations around bottlenose dolphins in Sarasota. And what she found was that Like, when she was studying the different, like, dolphin smart regulations and everything, it was, like, communities that work together succeeded. And the San Juan Islands is a really good example of that, but they're also a good example of when we don't work together when we're not succeeding, you know? Um, But that's the thing, is, like, we need community-based initiatives, and, like, science backs that. And, like, we need to not shame people, and science backs that. And it's, like, this is why social science is just as important as the physical science, and we need to, like we need to work together and like put the ego aside and like literally at the end of the day, like I just like, you need to think about what are your values? What is important to you? And like when you die, is it going to be more important? Somebody's opinion of you or whether or not you helped whales, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. So yeah, I mean, and I get that it's hard too. And I've even like felt vulnerable like doing this podcast because I definitely say some things on here and I, you've said some things on here that maybe people don't agree with. And like, we're going to disagree. Everybody's going to have different perspectives. Cause that doesn't make anybody bad, you know? For sure. Anywho, but this has been a wild ride and I'm glad that like, I'm really thankful that you were a part of this journey and that this has continued on for like 50 episodes and I'm excited for it to continue in the future too. I'm also really excited to take a break because I'm so incredibly burnt out right now, which I hate to admit. Cause I like to like, you know, be ambitious and stuff, but you, yeah, you need <laughs> breaks. Um, yeah, I, I'm very
1: thankful to have been included in this for sure. It's been a lot of fun. I've met some cool people. You and I have strengthened our relationship through it as well. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun yeah and uh but yeah you you've got some cool projects coming up that uh need your attention too
0: (laughs) yes so fingers crossed for all these projects um but yeah i mean and i like i do want to take this time to thank everybody that's been a part of this and like everybody who i've gotten to know through social media or like chatted with um and like especially pnw protectors because like, Snow and Sai, like, Snow is on the on Instagram all the time. She's, just like, a constant, like, inspiration of, like, we're getting things done. Like, she's a motivator, and, like, she said some really kind things, and, like, uh, uh, special thanks to all the people at Coextinction, too. Like, especially Tori and Gloria, like, absolutely adore those girls. And then, you know, the Girls at the Ocean Lovers podcast, while they're not, like, Southern residents, I'm, like, people, I'm just very thankful for their friendship. But, like, every single person that's been on here has, like, made an impact on my life personally and like has been an inspiration and is part of why like I keep fighting for this and why I keep holding on because it's easy to give up because it's a big problem and it's, there are some days where I'm like, this is too much, but like there's so many amazing people that are a part of this, which is why it's so beautiful. I've never seen so many people come together for whales. Like we will get, we will, these whales will be okay if we continue, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, just thanks to everyone who's been a part of this and to everyone who's listened and to anyone who shared this with anybody else and just keep pushing for the whales because we'll get there. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please email me because more than likely I will be deleting social media between now and then because I got to focus on some other things. But, um, yeah, thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Ellie, again, for being a part of this, too. This has been <laughs> a journey for sure. Thank you. Yes. Do you have any final words or thoughts for anyone? <clears throat> no, no, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's just it's been a long journey and a lot of learning and. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful cheers to more
0: it. learning and more fighting and more cheers to it. all of it more <laughs> whales cheers to more whales literally more whales, more whales. <laughs> for the love of harbor seals please give us more whales <laughs> okay all right so goodbye everybody Thank you. oh my god